Hello and welcome to Care Insights with the Outstanding Society, a podcast created to share and celebrate best practice, help others to improve and learn more about the amazing career opportunities within social care. In this episode of Care Insights, Zoe speaks to team members at Clifton Home Care about their experience of being recruited from overseas and also to Caroline Kosh, the Managing Director, who shares her thoughts of why you should consider this recruitment route. Welcome to this episode of the Outstanding Society Care Insights. We'd like to welcome Mary Grace, Gladys and Caroline to this episode. What I would like to do is ask you to introduce yourselves, tell us a bit about yourself, um, what your position is within the company, and what your career history is and your personal circumstances. Caroline, I'm going to come across to you first to ask you to introduce yourself, please. Thanks, Zoe. I'm Caroline Kosh, and I'm Managing Director of Clifton Home Care. Mary Grace? Hi, my name is Mary Grace. I am a domiciliary carer at, at Clifton Home Care. Hi, Gladys. Hi, my name is Gladys David Inichimbia, and I am a domiciliary carer at Clifton Home Care. Fantastic. Thank you. And if, if I could start by by coming to you, Gladys. So so how long have you have you worked with um with Caroline and her team at Clifton Home Care? And and what made you apply for a role there? Okay, thank you. So I've been here for a year now. And it's been good working with Caroline and the team here. So what made me apply? I heard of the opportunity to come here and I applied. Fantastic. It was through word of mouth and I and she said the person I got it from said it was a good experience that I should come be a part of it. Oh, that's amazing. That's always good when you've heard that it's a good experience. And and can I stay with you just for a minute and just ask, have you have you worked in, in the care sector before? Okay. Whilst in Nigeria, I was a paramedic and I've done yeah, some bit of caring while in Nigeria before I came. Fantastic. Oh, that's amazing. And and obviously a lot of skills are, are transferable. Thank thank you for, for sharing that. If I could come across to you now, please, Mary Grace. Um, how long have you worked for Clifton Home Care for? Um, I've been working at Clifton Home Care for one year and seven months. Fantastic. It will and be seven months after three days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. And and Thanks. have you had um, experience in working in the caring field before? Um, uh, I don't have any experience, but I was able to handle elderly um and children during my internship on my university days yeah so if i just come in there um, so i I think it would be really lovely for mary to share her um there's a statement that she's she's made on a video in the past um you'll remember in a minute mary and and a lot of mary grace's experience prior to coming to the uk was working with young children um and when we did a video sort of showcasing careers in social care and sort of saying, you know, why would anybody come and, you know, potentially join this sector? Uh, Mary Grace summed it up. And I just think absolutely brilliantly and really succinctly. And Mary Grace, correct me if I'm wrong. You said something like, um, 
prior to coming to Clifton Home Care, mm-hmm. I was the one imparting knowledge ah, yeah. on young people. But actually now that the sort of, you know, the tide has turned and actually uh, yeah. they're the ones imparting knowledge on me, i.e. elders to, you know, Mary Grace being younger. And I just thought uh, that was a fabulous uh, sort yeah. of uh, analogy, really. I think that's that's absolutely amazing. And I, I don't know whether you want to expand on that a, that a bit more, Mary Grace, and, and how that make, made you feel. Um, okay. So as already mentioned by Caroline, that I am I was dealing with special needs children back in uh, like you know back in the UAE. Yeah, I was dealing with mentally challenged children, and uh, as expected for a teacher, I'll be the one who's gonna impart knowledge to them. But when I move here, I am dealing now with elderly, and uh, through their stories, through their experiences, um, they are the one imparting knowledge to me and uh, it made me grow like you know my personal development as well because their experiences are brilliant I am very fascinated with the stories about their um, like you know memories and through that stories with this just like uh, just like a random one it's not a planned one it's just a randomly we're just like a normal conversation they didn't know that they're already helping me to improve my professional growth. Oh, that, that's amazing. Th- thank you for sharing that, Mary Grace. And, and if I could come back to you now, please, Gladys, what have you enjoyed the most about your role so far? And what are the key things that, that you have learned to date in this last year? At the end of a visit, you find out that the client becomes happier. They, they, they feel like they've They've shared some burden that they will not necessarily share with their family, but they just become mm. lighter and happier and they'll be like, oh, where will I see you again? Oh, <laughs> so, oh. That, that's, that's really encouraging to hear, to, to show that what you've done, no matter how little you think it is, has helped someone a lot. Oh, that's that's amazing. That, thank you for that. Um, Caroline, if I can just come over to you for, for a minute, sometimes the process of overseas recruitment is quite hard um, for an employer. Could you just tell me a bit about that and, and how did you start the overseas recruitment process? Yeah, and I will try and keep this short, sorry, because I could really talk about this now for days and days. I find it so interesting. And each time I allocate a certificate of sponsorship I learned something new about the system or or the way in which it works. Um, We looked at overseas recruitment in 2020, probably mid to late. When it became apparent that, okay, we we got a bit of an influx during COVID of of people coming to work in social care, wanting to come and help um, a, a sector that was struggling during the pandemic. And and you could sort of, if you looked ahead, you could see that changing when furlough ended and people maybe returning to other jobs that they held before the pandemic. So there was a lot of research that went into it um, because we were struggling to recruit locally. And it probably took me best part of nine months to read through all the information from the home office because that's not always easy reading. Um, and really trying to get my head around what the documents said, what they meant, what would be required of me as an emp- 
employer as a sponsor. Um, and then we, Mary Grace was one of our first recruits um, and Mary Grace joined us in January 21, that would be. 20. Yeah, 21, yeah. So January 21. Um, but I think the key things that I, I would say I've learned through the process is the need to be organized with it, um, to, to do the research in the first place um, and be prepared to never stop learning because I've just recently allocated two more certificates of sponsorship and the system has slightly changed in the last few months since I last did that. Um, so that's how we came to, to start the overseas recruitment. And that's, I suppose, one of the key things I've learned through the process. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. Th thank you. Thank you for sharing. And I know that we're going to be covering lots more at the care show in Birmingham. And, mm. and um, could, could I come over to you, please, Mary Grace? How was the process for, for you um, to become employed? How long did that process take? The recruitment process, it was seamless. Okay, from Philippines, I went to Dubai and I worked there for 14 years. And uh, in the UAE, you're like, if you're going to work there, it is like a must that you have attested documents from the universities, which is like uh, the diplomas, transcript of records. And I already have it 14 years ago. So during the recruitment time with Caroline, it was easy for us to provide all the requirements since we have it on hand already. And the police record, the police clearance, it is just online on there. And then whatever requirements she asked for us, like the references, since I worked there for 14 years, so it's very easy, it's accessible for them. I just emailed them. So, and then our application, when we got our COS, the day before, like, you know, after that day, we already submitted our application to UKVI and we just waited for 13 days. And then uh, just for 13 days, the process is there. The working visa is already on hand and that's it. So it was seamless, to be honest. Fantastic. And oh, that's wonderful to hear. Um, and Gladys, can I ask you the same question about the process for you? How was it for you and how long did it take? Well, for me, it was towards the end of the COVID. So and that was the period they had the Ukraine um, crisis. So it took a little bit longer at that time because they were attending to the people from Ukraine at that time, UKBS. So it took a little longer than expected. So, but in all, apart from that delay, it was okay. <laughs> Fantastic. No, th thanks for sharing that as well. I think that's one of the key things that's changed for me recently. We requested two certificates of sponsorship from overseas and literally within two days we got the application granted wow. whereas historically for Mary Grace and Gladys it took quite a considerable period of time and Gladys is right I'd forgotten about that but it yeah. was around the time where the home office were, were busy obviously dealing with uh, Ukraine refugee applications, et cetera, and it did delay the process, I've forgotten. So your application was probably about six months in the making, I think, yeah, looking back, wasn't it? Yeah. Whereas Mary Grace's was a little bit shorter, probably about four months, I think. And is there anything that, first of all, Caroline, is there anything that, that you would 
advise maybe other employers um, that that they could do? Where where would be the first step if an employer was to think, actually, this is something that I want to do? What would be that first step? I've had this conversation numerous times with, with providers now across the country. Yeah. Um, and the first thing I'd say is for people to be courageous. You know, we're a small organisation, really. Um, I don't have a legal department, a HR department, et cetera, et cetera. It fell to me. And, and you know, equally, I've not got a, a, a law degree. Um, so to be courageous to, to take the step, you know, we, we know there's recruitment challenges in the UK. Um, to, to take the time to read through the documents and understand it, um, to reach out to other people who, who've gone through this process who can give some sort of tips um, or, or sort of snippets of, of, of valuable information that, that could help. And I think this, the latter thing would be just to be prepared because what I didn't want for, for the likes of Gladys, the likes of Mary Grace to come here to the UK and then we'd be waiting six to eight weeks for DBS clearance, for references to come back. Um, we wanted to make sure that not literally as they arrived off the plane, they came to ship. I don't mean that. But they literally, you know, they arrived in the UK and given them a couple of days to settle in with families, because some people come with families. Once they, you know, had a couple of days to sort themselves out and settle in, then they could come to the workplace and start um, employment. And that's key for them in terms of starting to be able to earn. So I think the preparation is, is pretty key to make it successful for these guys arriving. Fantastic. Thanks, Caroline. And, and Gladys, if I can come to you, is there is there anything that you would advise to help for, for the preparation of, of, of new employees coming to the UK? Is there any, any advice that you could give employers to make that process better for you? Yeah, like Caroline said, the time for them after landing the airport and starting employment, that time for them to settle in is important. If accommodation, which is important, if that can be settled either prior they, they land or immediately they land, I think that could give like, like some sort of solace to the employees that, okay, they have they have things settled that before they can now start work. If those things are, it gives a lot of burden. Okay, where, where would, if those coming with family like I did, where would they stay? What would they do? <laughs> and all that. It's kind yeah. of challenging. Yeah. But like Caroline said, if, if some things are put in place, it gives the employee kind of a peace of mind. Okay, I'm coming to start work. I've settled in then. Mary Grace and Gladys are fortunate in that they live really locally to our office space, Zoe. And we gave, we've given every employee from overseas the opportunity to come and meet the team prior to starting. We even do that on yeah. Zoom now. So we, we sort of, you know, everybody comes and sort of waves at the screen. Hi, I'm <laughs> Kerry, I'm Joe. I'm, you know, so that at least when people are emailing, they get, oh, I'm, that's Kerry, I'm emailing back. But then equally prior to employment, we've said, right, we're here, you know, come and meet us, come and meet the team come and get a feel for where you are. And I think that's really key that we give you the time, do you agree Gladys, that we give you the time to settle in with your family, yeah. but equally we say to you, we're here and, and that communication continues once you arrive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The communication between employer and employee is very important. You know that okay, you are part of a family, you are part mm. of an organization, your voice is being heard. I think that's very important. 
Fantastic. No, that that's wonderful. And and if I could come across to you, Gladys, um, I was actually at a meeting the other day where where we were talking about how we can support international recruits more. And people were talking about not just introducing to um, you know the country, the teams that you're going to be working with, but but the local communities of the area that you're living in. How has that been for you, being introduced to local communities um, and having those kinds of contacts? Yeah, it's it's been interesting. Like um, we have Caroline um, thought thought it wise to give us like an English class, yeah. like a TOEFL class, and it's brilliant. It's it's very insightful. We are we are being taught the different um, kind of intonations you might hear, kind of different kind of. Um, idioms you might hear don't think it's something else when it might be something else yes. so yeah it gives us like okay when we hear this no this this is what they mean this is what they mean if you are going to this place you might hear some slangs like this don't think it's something <laughs> don't think it's something else this is what it means this is what it means. i think it gave us some kind of okay all right i hear you yeah <laughs> Oh, that that's wonderful thank you and, and and Mary Grace if I could ask you the same question is there is there anything that you would recommend um for employers to do um to to make sure that that your whole journey is is smooth up until you know the day that you start in the first few months in addition to what Gladys says and I agree with that like uh, a prepared accommodation Yes, yeah. and, and uh, I think Gladys already said it, but in addition to that, I would just like to ask the employer, since we are overseas, to give us a brief, you know, about the new vocabularies for us. It's not a new vocabulary, but it's just like um, some words that we're not familiar with, only the British, yeah, it's a British words, they said. Yeah. So I think I, I will be helpful to have a list of it, because I have some experiences that I really have to ask, you know, I have some like actually couple of experiences that I it's not about being ignorant. It is just about like, you know, having a certain like different vocabulary. Yeah. Yeah. The familiarity no. of that words. Yeah. But aside from that, like, you know, Gladys already said it. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. We cook differently, yes. you know, if you're going to share some stories like, you know, how the how like simple things like how we we fried egg, how we yeah. do scrambled eggs is totally different from here. Okay. So, yeah, but we are very thankful that uh, Caroline makes sure I mean, the company is always making sure ensure us that we will all be able to learn how to adopt, you know, the culture and traditions of, uh, yeah, of the UK. When it comes to different things like cooking, like not aside, not aside from like, you know, um, food, like the dressing, like, you know, how they gonna put on the dress, how they, you know, um, the process, the way they take a bath, you know, they, we also have like different things like that. And then, yeah, yeah. we've learned about it. Fantastic. That that that's brilliant. Thank you for sharing. And Caroline, if I could come to you. So as an employer, would you recommend overseas recruitment to other staff and care home providers? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't advocate loudly enough, really, because the, these guys have, have really brought and, and just to reiterate there, we have got a mix of male and female um 
workers. Um, we currently only employ from Nigeria and the Philippines and the UAE. Um, that's not to say we wouldn't broaden that horizon, horizon but the, these guys have been recommended by other people. So there's been some contact there or knowledge of these people prior to the interview process, which has really helped us. Um, but yeah, the richness that these Gladys, Mary Grace, etc., have brought to the team, the diversity, the different transferable life skills. You know, these guys are really educated people. Gladys was, you know, worked for the ambulance service in Nigeria. Uh, Mary Grace worked within a physio department, okay, working with younger people, not older. We could go on and on in terms of their different skills and techniques and and, and transferable skills that they've brought, but I, I would absolutely recommend it to anybody. Fantastic. Thank you. And I'm going to come across, first of all, to Gladys. If you could say in a few words um, to sum up your, your, your journey and, and the experience for you, what would that be? Okay, I would say be open to learn. <laughs> Learning never stops. Um, what you know before can change any moment. So just be open to learn. Um, and that's it. <laughs> Fantastic. I think that's a great bit of advice because we're all going on a on a learning journey. I think all of us are continuously learning. And if I could come across to you, please, um, Mary Grace. Yeah, the piece of advice is aside from the professional side, I also advise them since um, we know that because uh, when I moved here, I faced some challenges, uh, language barriers, yeah, um, cultural differences, and um, different climate to adapt to a different climate. And you know that the weather plays a big role in uh, how we feel comfortable. And um, being constantly freezing um, makes me, reminds me that I'm away from home. So the piece of advice is aside from, that's what I've just said, like be open and all what I've Gladys said, it's like be open also, like to change your style, like because of the weather itself, because it's really like a big factor for us. Yeah, I, I think that's, that. I think that's really excellent practical advice and, and really yes. appreciate that. So thank you so much, Mary Grace, Gladys and Caroline. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. The Outstanding Society is a community interest company. It's free to join and is open to everyone. You don't need to have an outstanding rating to be a member.